Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of the Dads on the Rocks podcast. April is here, and April kind of sucks. I mean, there's Easter, but other than that, it's either hot or polleny. And let's be honest, the only really cool April is April O'Neil. Today's guest is a fellow girl dad who I'm sure I'm going to look to for advice in the very near future. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kevin Venema. Kevin, say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. As always, we begin with the toast, but today is... Uh, my very first morning recording, and I decided not to have anything until I saw Kevin having a drink. So I'm like, well, what the hell? So today I am having kettle one mixed with ice. So Kevin, why don't you tell everybody about uh, what you're having today and a little bit about yourself? Well, I wasn't going to drink anything this early because like I said, you you actually, well, you didn't wake me up, but I saw your text and I was like, oh yeah, we got to do the podcast. <laughs> I wasn't going to drink anything. And I told Jessica, I hadn't told Jessica about the podcast. And I said, remember Freddie, we went over to the house in the fountain. She said, yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to have a whiskey this morning. Cause I miss Freddie. <laughs> so I'm drinking. It wasn't my first choice, but you motivated me to go buy my favorite whiskey in a little while when they open. Um, right now I'm drinking the Dalmore, uh, their port wood. It's a little sweet, mm. but for like 70 bucks a bottle, I would much rather be drinking. Well, this is 70 bucks a bottle. I would rather be drinking the Basil Hayden dark rye though. And that's oh. like 35 or 40 bucks. Yeah, that's a that's so, a steal for something good like that. And even Jessica will drink that too. She'll sip on that on the rock. So super smooth. So. I, I don't think I've actually had that one. I I've, I feel like I might, but I can't remember. So which so sounds about right. I just had enough of it. <laughs> yeah, their dark rye and their Caribbean cask rye are phenomenal. The Caribbean is very hard to find and it's kind of a seasonal thing. I don't know what seasons they do it. But yeah, if you can get your hands on the Caribbean Caribbean rye, it's super dark and super sweet, and it really makes that um that Kentucky bourbon. It give it like takes some of that bite away. Nice. Um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, I'm in law enforcement now. I did six years in the army before I got into uh, police work, and I did one com- combat tour in Iraq. And then when I came home, I figured I'd either wanted to go into law enforcement or fire academy. I kind of figured the uh, law enforcement would be my route. That's what my dad did. My dad was a cop for about 40 something years. So I was on the fire list and firemen a lot are a lot more popular. So they, uh, their, their waiting list was about a year long. At the time, police was still actually pretty popular. So there was a little bit of a waiting list. I applied about five different agencies and, Pines was the first one to pick me up. So I've been at Pines now for 18, just about 18 years. Wow. I didn't realize it was that long that you were with Pember Pines. I know. I know. Two years. I dropped in about two years. Can't believe it. That's amazing. So we worked together. um, For anybody that knows me, um, I worked at the police department for probably about 10 years. And uh, Kevin and I worked together. He was probably one of my favorite people to work with um, on the radio when I was doing, when I was on the operations side, it was some of the most fun times I ever had uh, at work. So, so you're in law enforcement and you're, like I said, you're obviously a girl dad as well. How old is your daughter now? She's 10. She's 10 years old. You are married. You already said your wife's name is Jessica. My daughter is four now. And I'm, like I said, I'm probably going to look to you for advice in, in the next few years on how to deal with a couple of things. Cause she hasn't even started school yet. So just a couple of things that uh, I'm curious about. I, I might reach out to you in, in the near future. Um, just a reminder, of if course. you'd like to be a guest on the show, um, or know a parent that has a good story to tell them and think that they'd be a good guest, just send a message to the show, dads on the rocks podcast at gmail.com or on Facebook or Instagram. Um, I will check those every day as well. 
Kevin, it, regarding parenting, by the way, I hate calling you Kevin. I always call you Venema. It's going to bother me, but I have to do it for the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange. <laughs> what is a challenge you face nowadays um, with your daughter being 10 years old, as opposed to where my kids are? And I know, you know, I'm just trying to make sure that the baby doesn't kill himself. But now that your daughter's 10, she's self-sufficient. She can make her own breakfast, things like that. What are some challenges that you face nowadays? Um, you know, we've, we're kind of on this cusp phase where we're like waiting for some changes to happen. And it's actually gone on a little longer than we thought. Um, she's always been like a cuddly kid, a very affectionate kid. Um, if you follow like any of the love language stuff, not that I do, but Jessica yeah. tells me Ava is um, Ava's super sensitive, even though she's got quite a personality and wit. Um, she can be quite a smart Alec like her dad, um, but she's also very sensitive to how people feel about her. And, She's still, like I told you before, she slept in our bed last night and, you know, for, it's probably been a year now. I've told her, I said, you know, at some point this is going to get kind of weird. I'm not going to be able to do this. <laughs> and her response is usually, yeah, dad, we can't let this get weird. So, but here she is 10 and she slept in our bed last night. And um, it's funny, those times she's sleeping in our bed, I, I could not feel more comfortable. And sometimes it's rough because you know how ladies like to kick a guy out of bed. So I get like the tiniest little sliver of the bed, even though they're the small humans makes the most <laughs> amount of the bed. Um, but I find myself like just our little family unit being in that bed. It's just so comforting and I feel so relaxed. Um, it's like a nice little stress relief. So um, we've been getting afraid because I wouldn't say afraid, but we know we're about to lose the little girl part of her. You know, sometimes we're out in public. She doesn't want to do the hand holding. She doesn't want to like hug and kiss anymore. Mm. Um, but it's actually not as bad as I thought just yet, but I can tell that she's kind of pushing into that like preteen phase yeah. where um, like she's super obsessed with her iPad, which I guess is first world problems considering what, you know, she's really a good kid. The problems that we have with her are super minuscule. Um, she listens very well. Um, so we're, we're kind of afraid of her getting into that solo. Um, she gets stuck on the iPad sometimes. We just wants to kind of watch it all day. So we found that the more we limit that, the um, better her behavior is. Because when she's not in her iPad, she wants to do things like play with chalk outside, color, roll around on her skates to her one wheel. And it's funny how much happier her personality is and if she's on the ipad for a couple hours and try to get her to do something she's just in a terrible mood mm -hmm. so it's not really super challenging yet but we know that those preteen years are coming and you know it's like anything we read books and we ask for advice and stuff but you it's one of those things that unless you're handling it and dealing with it firsthand then you just don't know how you're going to react or how they're going to react and you just kind of take it as it goes do you feel like it might be beneficial to like allow her that time for the iPad, but also delegate certain like family outdoor activities? Like when, like my kids are too young now, but where we are now in North Carolina, there's what they call greenways, which they have everywhere. It's just walking past where you can walk through nature and do stuff like that. Like I'm looking forward to like getting bikes for the entire family and doing that. But do you feel like, That's awesome. do you feel like, um, like setting certain time aside, like I know in law enforcement, your, your shift changes every once in a while. So it's not always like something you can do on Saturday, um, depending on what shift you work, but like say Saturday mornings, we're all going to go and do something outside, whether it be rollerblading or going for a bike ride. 
or just go into some trail like at ty park or something just go walk around like do you feel like just setting aside that family outdoor activity time might be beneficial uh, it's huge so we're you know their kids are on spring break right now so what we've been doing is one of her best friends who lives really close by she's one of those kids you don't mind having over she's super quiet she's super respectful so we've been basically alternating where Ava's at Melian's house one day or Melian's at our house one day. And it's worked out super awesome because they're not, they're not on their iPad when they're together. So like right now she's on her iPad, she's having, you know, she's playing with it by herself. And then in a little bit, we'll be doing something outside. But anytime we, anytime she's not on the iPad when she's doing something else, she's like super bubbly. She's super happy, even though she might not want to get off the iPad her personality changes. So we kind of let it get out of control um, a few weeks, maybe a month back. Mm-hmm. And I told Jess, I said, you know, we can't get mad at her because we, we kind of created that. We allowed it to happen. So I can't just be, you know, we can't be mad at her based on, she's not going to know what, what she did wrong. And she really did. So we kind of got to the point where we were talking to, I think I was talking to Gomez, mm-hmm. um, Ozzy the other uh, few weeks ago. And he's like, Oh no, no, that, there's no iPad through the week. And I said, man, we got, we got out of control with that. And I think part of the problem was I'm off weekends right now, but you know how our schedule alternates. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if I'm off, if I'm working during the weekdays, Jessica might have like a random evening client. She tries not to have evening clients, but what is she going to do at those times? Sometimes the babysitter is the iPad yeah. and it's easier for Jessica to train someone and be like, fine, use your iPad. But it kind of gets like, drawn out and then she doesn't want to get off she doesn't want to take a shower she doesn't want to eat dinner blah, blah, blah. Mm. so we finally decided we kind of slowly broke her off and said you know what there's no ipad through the week when you get home from school you're doing homework you're doing your chores you're doing whatever because otherwise she'd get home from school and just want to be on her ipad until she went to bed and then she was like just there was so much more attitude so now that we've been on spring break we super limit the ipad and she'll go with us to the gym and play at the kids club. Um, she'll come out last night. I was washing Jessica's car. I said, come out. You're going to wash the car. You know, you got to take on more responsibilities because she really doesn't have a lot of chores. Yeah. And there's not a lot of stuff to do around the house. We have somebody clean the house every two weeks. So there's not much to clean. I don't know if a 10 year old girl is going to do much landscaping, but you know, we've got a community <laughs> landscaper anyway. So um, and even when she helps me wash the car, I have to like go back over that spot and anyway, redo it. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, the point is to get them out of the house and get them to help. And, you know, I give her a couple bucks for that. And just so, that spending time with her, like, even if she's not doing a great job washing the car, you're there with her. You can like hit her with the hose, just playing that like dad daughter time is it's funny. That's what we ended up doing. Some of the neighbor <laughs> kids came over and it turned into me just soaking them. And, and, uh, <laughs> and it wasn't hot. I mean, it wasn't cold, but it wasn't hot last night. So I'm soaking them and they were having a good time. And I find that I don't, you know, they think that they like it. And I wonder sometimes if I like it more than they do, yeah. you know, because the seriousness of police work and I bring too much of it home with me. And I find that stuff I do with Ava, I mean, you know, it, things that you kind of thought you lost enjoyment with, you take your kid with it and it's like you landing on an alien planet and everything's brand new. Yeah. And I find that the dumbest little things that I didn't care about anymore are actually super enjoyable. Like even going to the store, if I take Ava to Publix or, Costco with me like she just says the funniest things and all of a sudden just this typical boring trip to the grocery store becomes kind of amusing but she's also pretty funny kid so yeah I guess that helps 
Um, when you guys were going to limit her iPad use, is she old enough to where she can understand? Like if you guys sat her down and said, look, it's kind of our fault. We let you start using the iPad a little bit too much. And, you know, we notice that your personality changes a little bit. You become a little bit more aggressive or a little bit more moody when you're using it, as opposed to when we're outside spending time together or playing or doing something like that. Is she old enough to understand if like, if you guys talk to her about it like that, or is she still too much of a, you know, in between, you know, kid and preteen? No, she gets it. And she knows when we're kind of having those conversations that we're kind of disappointed. So you could, she doesn't really know how to verbalize her response. So she typically just kind of freezes or just kind of looks around, but you can tell that she knows that we're disappointed about that. And she doesn't argue. And she's really good when we tell her things like that. She's always been an extremely intuitive kid. She's got quick wit. She says some things that like some funny responses to stuff that Jessica might think is her being disrespectful. And then she'll look at me and I'm like, I I can't get mad at her because she sounds like me. Yeah. And and part of the problem is, and I don't know if it's good or bad, but you know, when I was younger, my dad would play movies that we probably shouldn't have watched as kids. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I, I don't know what we should or shouldn't watch, but you know, Ava will watch movies with me that Jessica won't watch. And, you know, she's like, even though she's a girl, she's got so many similarities to me that um, she really understands stuff. And when we have conversations, you can really tell it clicks. And mm-hmm. I've been always been super impressed. And obviously some of it's probably parent bias because everyone thinks their kid is the best and smartest kid in the world. Sure. And other people might think that, you know, and what an idiot, their kid's an idiot. <laughs> so, but I do think that, um, you know, taking a non-biased approach that she is quick-witted and she does understand what we're talking about. And she's really good about listening, but it's easier for, her to understand that it is for us to actually like make sure that we're uh, you know, we're not giving in, you know how it is. Sometimes you're just like, whatever, let them play on the iPad. Cause it's easier to let that happen than it is to um, kind of enforce the rules sometimes. So the more we enforce it, cause you know, kids love having a routine and she does really well when she has a routine. Her, her, her behavior is so much more, controlled i guess expected like you know what to expect yeah i mean she's getting she's 10 now she's like you said in that preteen era um i know you you said that you mentioned um or i know that you mentioned you miss having like the hand holding and like the affection like in public stuff like that is there anything else that you miss about her being younger like my daughter's age like something that I could appreciate now as you know my daughter is four that I'm not going to get to have you know in the next you know few years So I, you know, especially with Facebook, you get all these videos that pop up like these memories, which, you know, all those videos are in my phone somewhere, but you look back at your thousands of photos and videos and when do you have time to really go through those? So it's cute when the old videos pop up as memories and I see these videos and I do know that back then I loved how cute she was. I was always amazed at how you know, how good she made me feel. But when you see, when you know how they are now looking back at how they were then, I think you appreciate it in a different manner. Cause it's just, it's gone. And you know, you're never going to get that back as opposed to when you were there, it was just cute. And, you know, I look back and I'm like, man, you were a little, you were cute. You, you, we watch a lot of videos of when she did baby sign and she doesn't do it anymore because talking is so much easier. But when she sure. couldn't speak and she did the baby sign, we knew it was really cute then, 
but I look back and I'm just kind of amazed at how quickly she did the sign language and how advanced that was at the time, which I think helped make her really good at, she enunciates words well. She knows she has a, <clears throat> a really good vocabulary and we think it has to do with that baby sign. So looking back at those videos from a few years ago, you it's cute, but it's also sad because you know you're not going to have that again, you know, unless you have another kid. But I really miss some of those different phases of the cuteness, especially when she wanted to go everywhere with me. No matter where we went, I was never in a rush. It was never like, all right, we're going to Publix. Normally, I want to get in, get out, you know, move on, do something more fun. But when I went to the store with her, did some things, you can't really rush because you're kind of at the mercy of the kid. Yeah. What they want. Are they hungry? Do they got to go to the bathroom? Are they in a bad mood? So when she was younger, a lot of that, when she wasn't self-sufficient, it really forces you to kind of slow things down and you can't do it at the pace that you normally would. And I found that was really good for my personality and kind of slowing my life down. And but she really hasn't changed as much as I thought, at least for now, where she still wants to do things. Um, she's still daddy's little girl. She knows that she can come to me and ask me things that once she convinces me, it's easier for her to convince mom. Yeah. So, yeah, you'll, you know, as they go through each of those phases, you know, once that phase is gone, that phase is gone. And then it's nice though, because each phase, you know, I'm like, ah, she's not going to do this anymore. And then she moves on to the next phase and she does something else. And then you find that you enjoy that. Cause now like I'm giving her more advice, uh, like older kid advice, like the movie we were watching last night, it was a family, it was a family movie. It's called the Adam project. Oh yeah. Um, with, um, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. So that's Jessica's crush. So which <laughs> I'm surprised, man, I'm surprised she fell asleep, but so that's Jessica's crush and I like him too. He's super funny. So Ava was watching it and there's a couple like kissing scenes and nothing like graphic or anything. Yeah. It's family oriented. But at one point he says something to the kid who's watching mom and dad kiss. And he, and the kid says, I'm going to take my eyes and ears for a walk. And so I told Ava, <laughs> why don't you take your eyes and ears for a walk? And it's funny. Cause I can tell she's embarrassed, but you know, the way that I interact with her, I don't really change how I talk. I probably curse way too much, but I always curse a lot. So I, I really don't change how I communicate with Ava than I do with other people. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe it's wrong, but it makes me feel like she knows what she's going to get from me. Yeah. So I, I, they started kissing again and I looked at her and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go take my eyes and ears for a walk. <laughs> so it's cute to be able to communicate with her that way and know that she kind of understands me. And I hope that that relationship kind of continues where, you know, if she feels uncomfortable talking to mom about it, that maybe she'll still feel comfortable talking to me about it. Yeah. Is there anything that you're looking forward to when she's gets a little bit older um, or anything that you're dreading? Like she's pretty self-sufficient now, but you know, yeah. if a couple of years, I'm, I'm, do you guys leave her alone at the house by herself at this point? Like, I don't know when that line is, you know, we just started experimenting with that and you'll probably be kind of the same as me in the, Jessica's a more, I mean, she's got a lot of anxiety anyway, so she's always fighting with that. You know, I'm trying, I try not to be reckless. You know, I guess it depends on who you ask, if it's reckless or careless or just laid back. And we've, we haven't done it a lot. We do it very rare, but what we don't want to do is make it like a regular habit where we find excuses to leave her here, where 
I can go do this and I can do it a lot faster without her. Cause I don't think that that's necessarily good parenting. Yeah, no, I agree. you know, there's just some things you got to do where, well, you're going to have to do it with your kid. You decided to have a kid, you know, but every now and then, like if we're, I might have to leave for work and Jessica's got like an overlapping client, you know, I tell her, I'm like, she's got her iPhone. She's got, or she's got her eye watch and her iPad. Mm-hmm. You know, she knows not to answer the door. I can leave a gun around. Um, and then when I do, it's on purpose. And she, like, she has no interest in firearms. She doesn't want to play with them. She knows to tell an adult. Yeah. Um, she knows not to answer the door. Um, so she, she's pretty good about it. So I'm slowly convincing Jess more where there might be times where we do need to leave her home alone for a brief amount of time and it'll be fine. But as long as it's not like, Hey, well, I want to go and grab a drink with the guys and you're not going to be home from work for two hours up and we, I can leave her home. Well, I don't think that that would be an appropriate time. Yeah. And I think that would be where, sorry guys, I can't meet up until later because this is what good parenting is. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know what the actual age is. I'm pretty sure I've seen or known people that have left their kids home at even younger. And I forget what, how all that works, but I think it depends on the maturity of the kid too. If she was like a wild boy, I don't know if I would do that, but I could lay her on the couch. And when I come home, she's still in that exact same spot. Yeah. She doesn't go and play with stuff. She doesn't start looking through things. If we take her on a 12 hour road trip, you wouldn't even know she was in the back seat. Yeah. So I guess around 10 ish, but again, it depends on, you know, maybe if she was younger and depending on our work schedules, because Jessica's work schedule, you know, being self-employed is very flexible that maybe we would have been required to start doing that earlier. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of it depends on are both parents present are both parents working a lot. What's their other responsibilities going on. But for us, we haven't had to do it that much, which I guess is a good thing. Yeah. Um, Well, as far as what I'm looking forward to, you know, she's getting older and I have about seven years I can do a full retirement. So I'm kind of excited that um, I'll be done working unless I do the extra three year drop. But we'll play uh, play that by ear about the time I retire after I finish the full drop. She should be close to getting out of high school. And I'm excited that depending on where she goes to school, we might be able to just kind of pick up and go and follow her. And I really want to be, being that she's our only child, I really want to be able to help her change her oil or be there to put a fan in her house or her apartment or help her just with random stuff. I don't want to really be states away and maybe it works out where she goes to, you know, she goes to school somewhere that we don't really want to go or can't go. I don't know why we couldn't, but it's going to, I kind of want to be able to be there for her and be, uh, I want to continue to have like a really, really good relationship with her. A friend of ours that where Jessica used to work, one of the other trainers Jessica works with, his daughter has grown up. She's, um, and he has a really good relationship with his daughters and it's super cute how much he supports her that she's older and she really cares about him. And I really hope that Ava and I to continue to have that kind of relationship where I can always be there for her. You know, she, no matter how bad it is, she's like, dad, I screwed this up. I could just be like, well, you know, just like when my squad calls me, there's really not much that I can't fix at work. So, you know, you and I, you, we've been through it all where your kids might be like, this is really bad. And you and I might go, ah, that's not so bad. (laughs) (laughs) So we can fix that. We can work with it. Do you worry about like, 
like say she went to like you live in Florida, say she goes to, to college in, you know, Boston. Um, would you guys pick up and move there with her or would you prefer her to like, cause, cause I, I struggle with that too. Like I want to be nearby, but I also don't want them to miss out on like their independent, like give them right. the opportunity to be like their own person, which is not like she's living with you guys. She'll still be doing her own thing, but you guys won't be too terribly far away if you do pick up and move where close, at least close by where she's at. Yeah. You know, we've gone back and forth and I guess it depends on where we're at. Like, I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're pretty set financially already as it is. And by that point, when I drop, it should even, you know, be even better. But of course, Ava will get more expensive and kids need cars and stuff like that. And we would want to help her with her wedding and or down payment in the house. So I guess it never really gets that much better, but we've, it kind of depends on, we've thought about, you know, say she moves somewhere where we don't necessarily want to live part-time, uh, live full-time. Maybe we get like a condo or an apartment somewhere where we can kind of like bounce back and forth because I don't know if I'm ever want to going to want to live full-time where it gets really, really, really cold. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then again, I'm, I don't really care about the beach. I never really have a drive to go to the beach. I like the Florida weather where you kind of wear the same thing year round. Mm-hmm. But when we go on a vacation, I really don't care about going to the Caribbean. I really want to just go like to where you live, uh, the Carolinas, Georgia, stay in a cabin, like in the woods. Yeah. Not too secluded. You know, I wouldn't want to live somewhere that's like too, too secluded. I like being around stuff to do and getting to the store easy, but I could see us at least getting maybe an apartment or a condo somewhere and being able to bounce back and forth where she doesn't feel like she's being stifled. But, you know, if I'm in Florida and she's like you said, in Boston and something goes wrong, it's not super easy to jump on a plane and get up there and be right around the corner. You know, Hey dad, I got a flat tire. Like, all right, well, I'm in Florida. I can't really help you there. Figure it out. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to be up her butt necessarily. And if she's going to college, I mean, she's going to college locally, then, you know, would it make sense to get her, have her live somewhere else? But then, like you said, does she really get that college experience? Yeah. And maybe it's a bad experience. Maybe it's good. You know, you just have to kind of take it as it comes. So, but you, you also have to like have, let her have that bad experience. Like I went to college locally. I still, I still lived at home and I, it was financially very responsible to do that, but I never had a college experience. I had experiences after the fact and, you know, good and bad. And, you know, they molded me for who I am today, but right. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be one way or the other. It's what works for you and your family. Yeah. We'll kind of play by ear. I mean, her college is paid for by the military. Nice. We also have, we also have her Florida prepaid, which would be money for books or boarding or a car or something. So, you know, I don't really push college a lot for her um, if she wants to get like some kind of a professional job. But on the same token, her college is basically paid for. So it's like, why not use it? I just hope it's for something that is going to be useful for her in the future and not some random degree where it has nothing to do with what she does later on. But you know, I guess we'll just kind of see how she develops and what kind of, you know, she might want to be one of those solo kids, or maybe she's like, you know, I'd rather live with you guys and rather have you close by. So, you know, Jessica and I, we, we talk about it a lot, but at the end of the day, we're not going to know until it's happening and we just kind of go with the flow. Now that she's a little bit older, um, for me, my daddy daughter days are going to the playground, going to the grocery store. 
uh, washing the car when, you know, back when we lived in Florida and it wasn't freezing cold. I, I mean, it's, it's like late May and it's 32 degrees outside. <laughs> I love, um, believe me, I love it, but there, it is not like going in splash pad time. Um, yeah, but, but those are, are, are kind of like daddy daughter days. And it's a little bit harder now because, because of Andrew and he's around and he needs care as well. So those daddy daughter days for, for her and I, are, I, they're special to me because we don't get that as, yeah. as much. It's got to be somebody's watching Andrew at home while I take her out and do something with her. But what are daddy daughter days like for you when, now that she's this age? They haven't changed as much as I kind of expect. Like I said, we've kind of been waiting for, we know that there's going to be a drastic change at some point and it hasn't hit too hard yet. So we, I love, I work always work Fridays, even when I'm off weekends. So I love taking off a Friday, especially and telling Jessica, go hang out with some girlfriends, go do something that you want to do. And I'll go out with Ava. And so we'll still go to a right around the corner from us is off the wall where they have like laser tag and video games. Oh yeah. And it's fun. Even though the games there, she's kind of getting kind of bored with, but I like going with her where, she's super excited to play each game and I can play all of them with her. And those, she thinks she's having a good time on those, on those nights, but I think I'm probably having a better time. than She is, or at least I'm uh, as adults, I guess we probably appreciate it more than they do. Even when she's just helping me wash the car, like you said, it, um, I don't think they know how special it is to us Yeah, and how much we enjoy it and probably how much we actually need it, a break from reality and, slowing life down so we go we'll do that and she's actually i've gotten excited because she's into kind of scary stuff i've never really been a super horror fan other than like reading i used to read uh tons of dean Koontz and stephen king books mm-hmm. and, you know stephen king movies never translated to his novels never translated to a lot of good movies yeah the books are always better but there's uh there's been quite a few movies that Jessica just, she doesn't like a lot of, um, she doesn't like movies that make her feel sad or scared. So a lot of the times I have to watch those, like if I'm working a detail or I'm, you know, working some slow overtime, I'll, I'll catch up on one of those. Yeah. And I found now that Jessica or Ava really likes that stuff. So I can take her to one of those movies or where her and I can sit home and watch one of those. And she'll still like totally cuddle up to me. She'll throw my arm around her. And as much as I like watching those by myself, it's so much more enjoyable watching with her because I want to get annoyed sometimes, but I can't help but just laugh because she'll ask me a million questions. Daddy, is he going to die? Is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? I'm like, (laughs) you're just going to have to watch because I'm not going to, I'm not going to reel that to you. We're going to have to watch. So she's gotten, uh, she's actually watched me for years when she was definitely too young to watch it. But are you familiar with the game, uh, the last of us? Uh, I played the first one and uh, not the second one, but yes. So the second one, Sony almost didn't release it because it was so visceral. Oh, wow. In that the characters look so much more real and the dialogue is just so, I almost want to say human. It's so realistic. And Ava fell in love with that game, mainly from the relationship between Joel and the little girl. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is is really, really sad and realistic and now they're making it into a tv show and yeah i'm glad that that it's taken a long time to come out because i wanted her to get a little older where i 
I can have a better expectation of what the show is going to be like because I have a feeling it's going to be super, super dark. And I don't want to be a dad parent, a bad dad parent where she can't watch it because I know that she really enjoys it. And it's something that we can kind of learn and watch together. And I explain her that maybe there's some parts that you don't want to see and then actually tell her why. So I love that she likes a lot of the things that I like because I can't get Jessica to watch it because she doesn't enjoy that feeling Yeah, where Ava really, she's more of an adrenaline junkie. If I go in the car and I drive fast, Ava likes it a lot more than Jessica does. It doesn't do anything <laughs> for Jessica. So I'm super excited because, you know, even though she's not a little boy, you know, I never really was into watching sports. I don't care about going to football or baseball games. So I really didn't necessarily ever think I wanted to have a boy more than a girl. I think I always wanted a girl more than did a boy. And maybe one day that's going to backfire on me and I'm not going to have any idea what to do. But I also don't mind the idea that I don't know what I'm doing and that I'm going to have to learn it as I go. And it's just a new challenge and have to try to figure it out. So those dates are, uh, we don't do them as much. And sometimes we'll take one of her friends, but she's still, we're still able to go on solo daddy daughter dates. And mm. I can't tell you how awesome that is. So there's a couple of things to unpack there that I, I want to, I want to mention. Um, first, the Stephen King thing. Um, have you watched the, I think it's on Paramount or I think it's on Paramount plus, but uh, they did um, the stand. Um, it's, it's the first, it's like one season. I don't know if they're going to be doing it again because they covered all the material in the book. I tried to read the stand years ago and I got like 200 pages in and nothing had happened. So I'm like, no, I'm done. But I was always interested in the story. So I watched the, the show that came out. Um, can't remember his name. He's, uh, Eric from true blood, but he's, he's in it. He's, um, uh, Randall flag in it. It was actually pretty good. Oh, and James Marsden, um, Cyclops from the original X-Men movies. He's he's one of the main characters too. It was pretty solid. I I really enjoyed it. Um, so if if that's some it's a if that's a book that you've read before and that you're into it, I would highly recommend it. It's better than the the TV series that came out, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago. And it was like a five-part TV series. It was no good, but this new one's pretty solid. Yes. Yeah, so I read, um, I talking about the five part series, the, the one years ago, the, the under the dome. Um, no, I think it was actually was it the another stand. stand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Stand. So I haven't seen the new stand show. I read the book when I was younger, I was obsessed with Stephen King books and those books were always humongous. Um, and that book took a really long time to get into. It gets mm -hmm. better. It's very hard at the beginning. And I want to say I probably stopped it a couple times and then got back into it. And it was a really hard series to get into. And I don't know why I've never got into it, but I guess there's just so many shows that have come out since, I guess it's the revenge filming where since COVID there's so many shows right now, I just haven't had a chance to even start it. Yeah. I did read the book. Um, like the, the last Stephen King book I read was under the dome and where the book was, 10 stars out of five mm -hmm. the show just didn't you know they're, it's very hard with the the details that he has in his stories it's so hard to get them to make a they never really put enough money into his into his shows or his movies to make yeah. them ne anywhere near the books they always end up being kind of b a lot of times but under the dome the book was absolutely non-stop it just never ended 
And then the show, they just kind of drug out too long. And it was kind of cool to actually visualize it, mm-hmm. but it, it just, it didn't, it wasn't the same. So I'm kind of curious if I would, uh, to jump back into the stand because I'm sure there's so much of it that I don't remember. It was so many years ago. Um, I wonder if Ava would actually like it because she's into that kind of stuff. And she, she keeps talking about watching, um, the last of us, when's it going to come out? When's it going to come out? So I'd be curious if I would actually like the stand, the, the show, but I've heard good things about it. It was, it was a fun watch. Um, it didn't, it didn't drag anything out. It was always fun. Every episode, something happened. Um, uh, but it was nice to see like from the beginning with, and it's kind of applicable nowadays, you know, with the pandemic where it could have been yeah. like more serious. Um, but it right. starts off the same way it's supposed to with the guy driving down the road and go, comes to a gas station and hit the gas tanks. It's the same exact story and i didn't finish the book so i don't know exactly how true to the book it is but i enjoyed it so i would highly recommend it if if you're into either stephen king or specifically the stand um i want to move past a little bit so i want to i want to know i know that your law enforcement and family time can be diminished because you know like you said the overtime you know happens quite a bit and it's very enticing with the money and, and everything but in your downtime when you're not being a dad or being a husband or what, I mean, even maybe even still, but like in your downtime, what do you do when you're not being a parent, when you're not, when you don't have to be on, maybe Ava goes to bed um, or whatever. Like, I, I know you mentioned video games and reading, but is there anything else that nowadays, what do you do in your downtime? One of our staples has always been, um, you know, Jessica has been in personal training for about seven, eight years now. She became very successful with it. Um, she got into that because she was competing for quite a few years. And then we were, when we were getting ready, when Ava was getting ready to be born and we were looking to move to Davie, I said, you know, I think our life is going to change a lot when we have kids. And if I'm working a very hectic schedule in law enforcement and you're working a nine to five, it's probably not going to work as parents. You know, we see a lot of parents where just one has to stay home. Yeah. And I was like, I don't necessarily want you to do that. I want you to feel like you have your worth and your you have the things that you do on the side, but I also want to make it flexible. So, you know, I said, why don't you, why don't you work in some kind of get into the fitness industry more? So she got into that and then, you know, fast forward, we moved it. uh, It was rough at first, but it kind of allowed her to have a better schedule and very flexible. And it's nice because her, her schedule is so flexible that we really only have to worry about mine and, now, when I'm working weekends or working weekdays, it, it has its pros and cons where I'm, if it's through the week, I'm missing helping out in the evenings at home, getting Ava to bed, giving her a shower, getting her homework done. And then when I'm working weekends, I can help out through the week, especially in the evenings, but then I'm missing out on some events and stuff. So yeah. like right now we're off weekends. And so like, what was it last night? Two nights ago, you know, we're, we really try to make sure that Jessica and I, we try to make sure that, you know, we still date, like we go out and we have a good time, you know, we'll go to like, you know, we find, um, we find like themed parties to go to sometimes. And it's hard because some, you know, you get tired as a parent where you want to go to bed early and we go to some of these events that are like late at night and it's like, ah, do we want to go or we yeah. get old, you know, but it's fun because we're doing things that we haven't done. Like, you know, it's like stuff we would do in college and we, you know, it's nice to break the mold and, you know, like we'll go to like these dress up theme parties that are super fun where you get to wear different outfits and whatnot and you get to go up, stay up late. And, you know, it's an older professional people having a good time. Yeah. 
or like two nights ago, we just went down to downtown Fort Lauderdale. And even though it's spring break, you know, Fort Lauderdale is super chill for spring break nowadays. It's not like Miami beaches. Yeah. So we went down, we had a gift card that I had left over from Christmas. We went down to a little bar over there and we just, you know, we just had some drinks and we talked for a couple hours and, you know, we didn't even stay up that late and we got home. I guess it was late for us midnight. Um, so we make sure that we, you know, we see a lot of parents and friends who never do anything but family stuff. And when Ava was really young, I had read, I don't know if it was an excerpt from a book or maybe it was a meme, you know, every now and then they actually make sense and hit home, <laughs> but it was something that said it was, a, I think it was an excerpt from a book and cause I took it a little more serious. And the, the author was talking about how so many families uh, make their kids more important than their significant other or their spouse. Uh And what ends up happening is their relationship with their spouse fails because the kids are more important. The kids are always the excuse to can't have mommy and daddy or whatever time you can't have that private time, or we can't go out tonight because little Johnny wants to go get ice cream or this and that. And it really hit home. And I was glad that early on Jessica and I established that, you know, our relationships sometimes have to take priority um, over being a parent. And I don't mean like the lackadaisical, terrible parents, but we made it a point where we've got family to help us, you know, either my parents or Jessica's parents. We've got a, we've got one good babysitter who's super reliable, which is actually Mike Mathis is his niece who she might actually apply for clients to be a service aide. Oh, nice. But she's one of, she's one of those um, super responsible 18 year olds. I mean, she was, maybe she's about to turn 18, but she was 16 or 17 when she started babysitting for us, but she's not like a party girl. She's not one of those that would like sneak her boyfriend over when we were out and she was babysitting (laughs) like super sweet, super cute. Just so we made sure that we had like this kind of support system available where we could kind of bounce around and ask different people to help us where, Hey, we want to go out tonight. You know, we want to have a good time where it's just us um, because, you know, we, we go through those patches just like any couple. And I think that a lot of the couples that fail when they have kids is because they completely forget about, you know, their relationship was there before the kids. Exactly. And if all of a sudden you let that go, then what do you do? And I want to, we were talking to someone recently and they mentioned how they always put their kids first. It was always family stuff. And then when the kids moved out, the What's left the parent, the parents got divorced because they had nothing in common Wow! because that's all that was left. And I, and I, and who knows, maybe the kids were an excuse to stay together and they just didn't accept it or ignored it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't want that to be the case where, you know, uh, and I hope that we stay a close family unit as we get older. She's our only kid. So it shouldn't be that difficult as long as I'm still married, as long as, you know, my finances are still okay at the time. But I, we really try to make sure that we still date and it's not like forced where it's like we go out to dinner and it's like super uncomfortable, you know? So we even sometimes go out and have a date and we pretend like we just met each other. Like it's like a pickup date. And it's so (laughs) funny how it sounds really dumb. And the first time we did it, it was super awkward but it's fun because we would go out and we would like one of us would walk to the bathroom and the other one would come up. And then it's cool because you get to like talk about each other and you kind of like you're selling each other like you're on a first date. And it's cool because you're 
breaking away from reality. It's like when I watch a movie, I just disappear from reality. No matter how dumb the movie is, it's a break from the real life. So we try to do things that kind of just take our minds on like a little bit of a vacation and kind of like give us a little, uh, you know, add a little spice to our lives where it's just not that mundane where, oh, I got to get up and take David a volleyball or, you know, oh, she's going to get up and go to school, you know, because all that stuff kind of wears away at your relationship with your significant other where it just becomes so mundane and you're like two business partners raising this child. (laughs) So that we do that a lot. Or I wouldn't say a lot, but we probably get to do that more than a lot of the couples that we see. And when we see that, it gives me more motivation to do it because I think that it's really beneficial for us. So we, we do a lot of dating and we try to go out and have some fun and try to find different things to do. Um, we'll try to go to like a pool party at some of these. There's a, there's a bar on the roof. Um, it's called Rooftop. It's over in Fort Lauderdale. And they have like pool parties on Saturdays. And even yesterday, I was like, man, we should have went to that. We should have found a sitter for Ava and just went to that. And just, you know, kind of spring break stuff where, you know, it's an older crowd. It's not like super young kids there, even though when we're 42, we're some of the youngest ones that have been there. It's just fun to kind of get away in that environment. And, you know, where we do it where it's not too often. And we do have a sitter where we don't feel like we're like, well, you know what? Our kid is affecting our partying. We want to be party animals and we don't want to have a kid, but you know, it's not like that. So yeah, we still no. feel like we're being responsible, but it, it's fun because it kind of keeps our, it really helps our relationship with Jessica and I, and, you know, kind of keep things together. So we do that a lot. And, you know, I think you hit it on the head when you said, you know, what's, what's left when the kids go. Um, and this, you, you're only a family because you and your significant other started this family. So if, if you focus entirely on, on the, on the kids or whatever, you know, what's left for when they're gone. So I, I think that's really important. I agree is to make sure that that family time is important, but also that husband and wife, spouse and spouse, what have you is very important too. And it's nice that Ava's a little bit older now. So where she can go out with either grandma or the babysitter or on those nights where <coughs> she goes and sleeps over at her friend's house and vice versa. Like you have another family that, um, that they can go out and do that thing or just have a quiet night at home. Um, but she's of the age now where you have that opportunity. And that's something I'm looking forward to because, you know, paying for a babysitter every time when we have, um, when we have to, or when we want to go out, it's tough, but I I think eventually it'll be a lot easier. I mean, now it's a little bit, it's further in in the future because, you know, my, my son came around too, but, um, but that's something I'm looking forward to as well. Um, well, you mentioned like, what else do I do? Like when I'm not doing police work and stuff. And it's funny how years ago, everything was like training. I would go and shoot when I was on the sniper team, it was always shooting and cleaning guns off duty and getting lessons planned ready. And you know, as I've gotten older, I really want to do less stuff that has to do anything to do with law enforcement, mm-hmm. you know, things that just totally break me away. And I've always loved detailing cars. And I used to work on cars a lot more years ago. And I, you know, just found other priorities or I didn't want to make it a priority anymore. And so it's, I spent a lot more time now. I, you know, I, one of the reasons why I bought a GT 500 was to, I wanted to have something that I was going to work on and I could just spend hours working on it. Sometimes probably too much <laughs> um, because I don't entirely know what I'm doing, but you know, with YouTube, anybody can do anything now. So I do a lot of, um, you know, try to go, I go to car shows now. I try to work on my car 
And it's something that has nothing to do with law enforcement, even though some of the guys <laughs> I work with, like Mike and Gino, you know, they're into cars and stuff. So we can still kind of share that common bond, but we don't have to necessarily talk about, you know, what the other shift did or, yeah. you know, the admin changes or the new promotions like that just stuff gets so tiring, probably more for me than them since I've been dealing with it so much longer. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to do things that don't have to do with law enforcement because I'm more looking at the end now and I try not to look at the end too much because then I don't want to like, I don't want to be a bitter salty sergeant who doesn't care about my job anymore. You know, yeah. I want to pay attention to the guys that work for me, which, you know, I, you know, I call them my kids. They call me dad. So I don't want to be a deadbeat dad at work. So, you know, trying to do things like Jessica and I go to the gym a lot, you know, we'll take Ava. We try to make that a priority constantly and I'll just work on the cars or, you know, detail cars. I've always actually loved detailing cars. And I think that when I'm done, when I retire, I might open up like a, a paint protection film company, detailing company. Um, there's a lot of money in that and I really like it. So maybe that's something that I'm going to do when I'm done. Because years ago, I thought, oh, maybe I'll teach firearms, which I've done before. You know, maybe I'll do security or something. And as I get older, the more I think, I don't want anything to do with law enforcement or firearms. I want to do something that's completely unrelated that I can just not think about some of that old stuff anymore. Because that becomes almost entirely your identity. And that I, I, yeah. I mean, that's, that's great for some people, but... I'm in the same boat. Like I, I loved working for law enforcement and I'm now working for, for a town. It's different. Um, but I've always had this dream of, of opening up like, like a craft beer or cocktails bar. And oh, that'd be so cool. And I wanted to call it 10, seven and have it be like, <laughs> like, oh, I, I don't, I always had that, that, that idea. Um, not necessarily just a cop bar or anything like that, but something that is tailored to me that I'm going to like, and so how I would want it run. Um, it's, it's, it's hard now, especially up here where you throw a rock and you've hit three different breweries or, yeah. or something like that. It's, it's tough, but I mean, that dream is still there. Maybe in, you know, when I get to retire, I started all over, unfortunately, but maybe in 20 years, it'll be a little bit different. So, but I, I still have yeah. that. I still have that dream that I, I would like to go that route. You know, it's when I go to a brewery, I think that too, sometimes I'm like, you know, I could work at a place like this and just, <laughs> nothing serious to think about like even if i wasn't running it if i was just working there just a fun environment to be at and make yeah. a little extra money in a cute little town and i'm like man this just seems like i mean i guess if you're working there then it, it becomes more like work but i just the idea of it just hey i'm, I'm gonna show up to this brewery and i'm just gonna make beer and be in that environment i'm like that just seems so much more relaxing than going to work and you know, obviously the pay would be a lot different and the benefits, but you know, work is work and you get there and it's, and, uh, but yeah, a brewery seems like, you know, people like us, like so different than what we do at our regular job, that it would be almost a vacation. And yeah. what seems like work to the people there might be like a vacation for us. Yeah. Like we, we already have a, a great deal of experience dealing with the public and traditionally it's on the worst day of their lives. But in this, yep. in this case, it's, you get to shoot the shit with a random stranger that may be a friend someday. You just haven't met them yet. So a stranger is just a friend you haven't met. Thank you. The Simpsons. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up, Kevin. Thank you. I'm, okay. I'm not going to do it. Venema. Thank you very much for being my guest today. <laughs> um, 
I always like to have my guests have the last word. So is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners or any words of advice, words of wisdom? Have at it. Well, first, um, I can tell you that having a, having a kid, you know, even though I think sometimes, even though I joke around how they get in the way or, you know, they're, they're cock blockers or something. I don't know if you have to bleep that out or what, but nah, it's okay. um, I would never change any of it for the world. Um, even on her worst day where she's annoying me, I still find it amusing. And, you know, I see now when people say how they wouldn't change their lives, how it really changes their lives. And you really can't understand what it's like having a kid. And so you have one. And when I look at her, like, I just feel my heart being full and it's hard, you know, you know, someone like me, it's hard saying that my heart ever feels full. Like my wife would be like, you don't seem ever like you're scared. You're excited. Like I don't show it. I don't show it in the way that she does, even though I do get excited and I do, and I guess being scared actually makes me kind of excited. I've always been an adrenaline junkie, Mm -hmm. but the things that my daughter gives to me is things that I don't find anywhere else, whether it's, you know, when I was overseas, the things that I was looking for, for the fulfillment I was looking for over there or, fulfillment I get when working on cars or DC on them or working in law enforcement or leading a squad. Um, I wouldn't change any of that for the world, especially having a little girl. Um, that love that we have together, I think is something that I probably couldn't live without, or I don't know if I didn't have it. So the other thing is I, I miss you working on the radio. I, now I'm, I don't mind you working anywhere in the station as long as you were there. Truly miss, uh, was disappointed, not upset with you, but that you were leaving because I feel like we keep losing all the really good people, all the dispatchers mm. were either moved away or taken to BSO. And I truly miss having you on the radio. And those years where it was you and some of our other favorite dispatchers, uh, Chuanko on the radio, Nicole on the radio, um, I miss those days where now it's just when the dispatcher keys up, they do nothing but annoy me. Yeah. They, they just do things that you guys handled like, um, like machines and, and it's uh, it's so much different now, other than the squad that works for me, everything else is different, all these different promotions. And you were truly made to be a radio guy. And it's, it's I guess it's uh, only fitting that you ended up doing these little podcasts because <laughs> you were so phenomenal on the radio, man. It was like, you were born to do that. And I truly miss you, bro. I miss you guys too. And I, and I will say something that I've always said before. Um, I love communications. I think that everything fails without proper communication, whether it be in your home yeah. life or at work. Um, but I was only good because I was trained by the best and I give a lot of credit to them. Uh, as I always have They're they're, they're still to this day, my family, um, and they know who they are. So, um, but those were some of the, the absolute best times, especially, I mean, things that we still quote today. One of the, one of my most favorite, um, uh, my most favorite memories of working with them and working with you is when we had a shooting and everything was crazy but we still talk about it because it was so much fun. Um, and I, I honestly, I, I was not kidding when I said you were my, one of my favorites to work with on the radio. So I appreciate it, it, I mean, it, it was nice usual. to work. It was nice to work with them, but it was nice to work with the other side as well. When, uh, when everything was great, everything was awesome. So thank you very much again, Kevin, for damn it, Venema for being, <laughs> for being my guest today. <laughs> um, I'll talk to you soon. Love you. Miss you, bro. Love you too. Cheers. Cheers. Good night, Daddy. Good night, baby.